Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. So welcome everyone to Animation Communication. I'm KP and we should be on camera assuming nothing goes wrong with recording. If not, you're listening to us in the car on your way to work at 6am, whatever works. This is Lauren. Hi, I'm the other roadie, and yes, she's touching me all over my face because coronavirus totally is an issue right now. <laughs> my hands are washed, don't worry. No, you're good. So we're talking about the new Pixar movie, Onward, with our with my friend Cell Specs, and also we're doing this big Pixar collab that we'll talk about too. Cell Specs, say something. Who are you? What do you do? Why do you breathe? Hi, I'm a person on the YouTubes. <laughs> You've either heard of me or you have not. But the important thing is, I exist. That's it. That was good. Hello, I exist. And you matter. And I matter. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you matter too. Do you want to start with news, I guess? Oh, I guess, yeah. Well, we can talk about how Bob Chapek was named the new CEO of Disney. Uh, Bob Iger just stepped down. Uh within the past week, he stepped down and as CEO of the Disney company and uh, has Bob Chapek, who is originally in charge of parks. Uh, he stepped up to be uh, CEO of Disney instead. And as far as we know, uh, Bob Iger is not actually leaving Disney. He is just stepping down from his position. Uh, he, I think he's going into like a creative, um, uh, he's still going to be in like a creative position, which personally, I think it's a uh, it's really good to have him in that kind of position because he gets it from, you know, being able to treat creative properties with respect and stuff like that. So, uh, but in terms of Bob Chapek, uh, not a whole lot of people know enough about him to see what he's going to do in, in terms of leaving his legacy for the company. So we'll see where it goes. Um, do you have any thoughts about uh, the new CEO of Disney? Do you think, do you think, Bob Iger put his put his dick somewhere where he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Language. I know it's after hours, but goodness. <laughs> uh, I don't really know anything about the guys either. I don't know if this is if this is a plus or minus in either direction. Uh, all I know, it particularly, I know that when Bob Iger took over, the parks got a lot better. Uh, that's pretty much all I know. Can you give some. Do you have any more backstory you can add? Um, I feel like I can pull up a little bit of info on here because there's some bullet points here about Bob Chapek because I know uh, in terms of at least through hearsay, some people don't like him, some people do like him. So it's kind of like, I guess it depends on what you think of how the parks are going in terms of the direction and, you know, some people get really nitpicky about yeah, it. So I've heard he's, he, he might be... Eisner 2.0, where he's just kind of expanding the empire and commercializing it and all that stuff. So, um, but he's been with the company for like almost 30 years. Yeah. So he's been with the company for a long time. So, uh, with his track record, it's almost, it was almost inevitable that when Bob Iger, Bob Iger was going to step down, he was going to have somebody who knows their stuff go into his position. Right. Um, I guess what, really caught everybody off guard was that he never never said oh 
eventually, you know, soon down the line, I'm going to step down and I'm going to ease somebody else into the position. Uh, this kind of came out of the blue. And I guess that's what everybody else is trying to figure out why it was all of a sudden. So, uh, so I, I don't know. Was it just jump, jumping, jumping out while things were running hot and good? But I don't know. It's like nobody knows of the details of that for sure. I think in two bef- before, um, um, I'm lo- I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I think too. I've talked to some people, and and some people are concerned that something will come up in the um, who's the the guy who's who's super gross, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, um, something will come <laughs> up because I'd be specific. <laughs> something will come up in the Harvey Weinstein about Bob Iger, and it will loop ruin things. And he wants to distance himself from Disney while he still can. So that's a prominent theory. So um, that actually makes a lot of sense. Do you have any other thoughts about that? Um, again, I don't. I don't have enough background information to have any real stake. I it all I can see is that it seems like, uh, Chapek's background is in like specifically brand management and a lot of businessy business stuff, not necessarily on a creative level. So, how he handles it, how well he's going to be able to be able to let the right people handle the right jobs is part of being a boss, and whether he's able to do that properly, if he's gonna look at long-term effectiveness and not just the quickest ways to get money. I mean, we're just going to have to see how that goes. Yeah. It's as long as the shareholders are happy. So let's, <laughs> let's see where, where it goes. Um, yeah. Because I mean, with Iger's legacy, he was all about really expanding the, the Disney corporation at obviously buying up all of these brands and all of these companies to further expand. Uh, Eisner was to bring more, of a family oriented vibe to parks and to entertainment in general for, for the Disney company was to make it more of a family affair rather than cartoons are for little kids or some of the park rides are just for little kids and the adults aren't going to have any more of that fun. Like again, uh, he looked at his, uh, his, at the time when he stepped in as CEO, Eisner looked to his teenage son being like, hey, what's cool? Tell me what's cool. What's Take, he took him through the park, and his son was like, that's cool. That's not. We need to have more of this. We need to have more of that. Like, at the time, that was in the 1980s, when you were getting properties like, uh, obviously, Star Wars was already out, and then you had Indiana Jones. And that, this is the reason why the parks are so much more diverse now, because of all of that intermingling that Eisner started. And then Iger continued by buying up more of the properties that you now see are being dispersed throughout the parks and throughout the movies and throughout television. So, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see where Chapek takes it. Uh, yeah, like to your point, Sal, it might be like it's like might be like Eisner 2.0 or anything it's like that. We don't know. Tell. It's too early to tell, and uh, not a whole lot of people know about him in a spotlight aspect. So, uh, so we'll see where where things go. I just hope. Bob Eichner didn't put his dick in something he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> it's all I so what can we can we stop doing that, guys? Like <laughs> Yeah. So I think what and also I think what happened with Iger suddenly stepping down, I think personally, I think it's more like going out on a high note versus Eisner, who unfortunately went out on not exactly a high note. Yeah. He did a lot of great for the company. But the thing is, and it's like love him or hate him, uh, you have you can't deny that the company would not be the same without his influence and mm-hmm. Iger con- wanted to continue that in his own respect so I mean I think though at the same time he didn't want to be like his predecessor 
and that to go down in flames, unfortunately. Being forced so, out of the company, you know, that's always fun. Yeah, so I think what he did was he did, I guess, the, the honorable thing is to step down while it's still good and let somebody else who has also been there a long time to take over, so... So I know Eisner did have to deal with a lot of money problems and then some he was okay with and then others he made worse. So, and at this point, I hope it's not a thing where like Iger saw a drop coming and bailed out right before it happened. So, yeah. And to be fair, um, I, I, I watched all of the, the, that the Disney plus imaginary documentary and they interviewed Michael Eisner, like old Michael Eisner as part of the documentary. And I think his biggest claim to fame is the fact that he made Disney as a company financially stable where money wasn't really an issue anymore, mm-hmm. which is, um, I think, affected a lot of, I mean, had to, you know, affect a lot of Disney's creative d- decisions going forward, whether good or bad. Yeah. Did we need a Country Bears movie? I actually kind of thought, like, in hindsight, <laughs> it's actually funnier than, than I, I think. As a kid, I didn't find it as amusing, but there's actually a lot of adult jokes in Country Bears, and it's just so bizarre you kind of can't help but... Don't make me watch Country Bears, okay? <laughs> you'll watch it and you'll like it! <laughs> but, uh, no, it's... It's, uh... But, yeah, with, like... I mean, hey, we wouldn't have had Pirates of the Caribbean without Country Bears starting that whole trend of turning the rides into movies. So, I mean, you gotta start somewhere, I guess. Pros and cons. Well, no, they, they started making that before Country Bears was open, Pirates of the Caribbean was, was yeah, being made before it was released, so true. it's not necessarily that, but... Yeah, because I remember they did have, like, the Tower of Terror movie. Um, yeah, it was like a... Wasn't it like a made-for-TV movie? Something like that. No, Country Bears was released in theaters. <laughs> no, I know, I'm talking about before that. In the 90s, there was a, a Tower of Terror movie. Yeah, I... I remember that. They still, I don't, well, granted, now it's different. They still have footage from that movie that play during when you're in the elevator with those actors. And it's like, that's from the TV movie. Why is it here? Was that like a decom? Uh, yeah, I think so. No, no. Oh, God. If it, was a, if it was a Disney Channel original, I feel like it would have, I looked at the list recently. I don't think it was on there. I think it was, I think it was just VHS. Either way, that you're right. That that was before that. But I mean, in terms of being theatrically theatrically released, I think Country Bears was like the first. I forgot that Country Bears was theatrically released. Like, good God, <laughs> did I see it in theaters? I know I, I it's so I embarrassing, did. right? Uh, but okay. thank goodness we got Pirates after that. So, <laughs> and then we got Haunted Mansion after that, and. Yeah, can we get a do-over on that one? I keep on hearing that they are, and that's the thing about movie news. You always hear that everything is technically being made. It's just a matter of whether it is. Yeah, so it's like, it's just like we were supposed to get a... Yeah, it, we were supposed to get a Wicked movie, but we got Cats. Uh, Thanks, Universal. Uh-huh. <laughs> good call. <laughs> Such a good call. Yeah, who, who's in charge of these decisions? <laughs> I guess we can just jump into it if my whatever. We'll we'll just jump into it. So we so onward just came out in theaters this weekend, and we all saw it at like around the time it came out because we have no life. So we're <laughs> going to talk about it. I guess um, I wore my Sporky shirt, and, and I cosplayed as Ian Lightfoot. So. <laughs> Which means that you wore jeans and a flannel shirt, right? Yes, and Converse that I just so happened to have. Yeah, she, she, she was <laughs> that is going to be the most popular Disney-bound outfit 
in the parks for a while. <laughs> and then I, I but but to make myself different, I do have a couple other Pixar pins. I have more at home, and I I could only fit Edna and Dory on here. What does your Edna one say? It's my way or the runway. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Because then I have a, an Incredicoaster one from California Adventure, and then the Up House with the little balloons that are like beads. So it's like a two pin backer one. So it's a big big pin. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I had an incredible short shirt, but then I needed to get food, and my cart is broken, so I did adult thing and ordered stuff on walmart.com and they were like you know you can get free shipping if you buy a ten dollar thing and i'm like well i do like forky even though we have i we've already discussed my mixed feelings about toy story 4 but forky is like one of my favorite parts so i bought a forky shirt i'm trash (laughs) we are all Um, trash go ahead nope i'm that was it i'm done okay (laughs) okay um so I, how do we want to start? Do we want to start about our initial thoughts about the movie? I and... think initial thoughts. I maybe even if you had any thoughts from before the movie, like you weren't sure, like were were you sure what you were going to expect? Are you, you okay, know, I'll kind of I'll start. And for people who don't know, Onward is a Pixar movie that just came out. Pixar is an animation company. I hope you know that if you're watching an animation theme podcast. But some people are stupid. So <laughs> Google some trailers for Onward, not Homeward. Onward. Um, yeah, not the bootleg. Not the bootleg. Um, and, you know, come back and obviously this is spoiler, not spoiler free. We're going to be discussing the movie in, in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go, come come back when you've seen it or, you know, I guess we can just do initial spoiler free thoughts. So spoiler free thoughts for the first like initial statement and then we can break down to the spoiler stuff. Like, it's kind of hard to not... Talk about the we movie. can't talk about the movie in detail if we don't spoil shit, yeah. so I'm sorry. That's how, you know. So if you're okay with spoilers, then just stick around. Otherwise, tune out. I don't know. <laughs> um, probably listen to the next, like, five minutes. But. So anyway, so my initial thoughts about the movie were I was generally surprised because I could, I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised with the angle they were taking about, you know, spending one day with the relative that you never got to know or the relative who died tragically. And I always I lo- always love those existential stories about, you know, you need to find your purpose in life or else, you know, you're going to die one day. And uh, Soul has more of that. But this ha- also had some of that, too. Yeah. So, and I was surprised how tight the script was. Like, you know, I thought it was going to be a little, like, you know, the relationship obviously was about the brothers and they had to really make that work and make it feel like they were both, equal i guess like mm. close and they didn't realize how close they were at the end and you know that kind of stuff um so what are your initial thoughts about the movie or first thoughts yeah i guess before going i was i tried to be pretty blind going into this movie because all i was going off of was a, maybe one trailer i was trying to not look at a whole bunch of clips beforehand um and i mean what i was anticipating was yes a fun fantasy romp that takes place in like a modern day fantasy civilization it's where uh, but what i liked is that they once i actually saw the movie is that they carried forward the idea of there is magic that still exists in the world it just seemed people have forgotten it left it to the wayside in the wake of modern technology all the alicorns running around and the alicorns running around as freaking garbage eating <laughs> trash panda <laughs> animals it's so funny um especially when the parallel opens the movie the 
movie opens with an alicorn looking majestic and beautiful and just soaring through the sky. And then you just see this is what they've been reduced to. Bronies in 2020 was the joke <laughs> he kept on making. Retirement was not kind to Celestia and Luna. Oh, <laughs> but, um, but I really, yeah, I, what I loved was not only was it a heartfelt story focusing on these two brothers and their connection and, but in establishing their history and their bond without having to be like heavy heavy in the exposition uh but it was you know it was also just a whole lot of fun it wasn't a heavy-handed story or anything like that it was just it was a lot more fun than it was i i feel like you know when you have a movie out of pixar like the good dinosaur that was not as i i watched that not as many laughs coming out of me for that one. Uh, way more dark and depressing. It was like Pixar doing La- uh, Land Before Time, basically. Yeah. Except Land Before Time got more laughs out of me and more joy out of me. That is totally true. <laughs> yeah. It was, with Onward, it was a lot more fun and a lot more playing on the fantasy jokes. And if you're into D&D, into any of that kind of role play stuff, there's a lot of jokes in there for you. But even then, I feel like you can enjoy them, but at the same time, you don't have to be immersed in that stuff to laugh at the jokes they obviously try to play up on it being you know general nerd culture yeah so it's what else what i really liked about it is that they made it light on the humor without it having to be oh this is you know and and not there weren't even any like fart jokes or poop jokes or anything like that so that's 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 an improvement that's how far we've come in the society for now (laughs) so i and and uh there weren't any dabbing or flossing or anything like that either so that was okay too i mean i i let sonic go with that with the flossing thing i let it go because you know what it wasn't a focal point let him go but (laughs) but with onward it stayed modern without being too trendy and uh and it played up on the whole fantasy aspect really well in its jokes and then the writing to your point was super tight and like the jokes for me a lot of them landed 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 there wasn't really one that i was like okay that's it that's enough you know move on to the next scene they kept it pretty tight and kept the pace pretty fast so it wasn't like it wasn't dwindling on any one moment for too long it 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 was all the dramatic moments they were just right. The the uh, action scenes were great. I was actually going, oh my god, how are they going to get out of this one? And and uh, especially because with magic involved, or at least with one of them trying to learn magic and master magic, you don't know how they're going to actually get through that as the movie progresses until you finally get to the end. You realize, ah, this is what they were learning all the time. You know, you know, through this whole journey, this is what they were building up to. Right. But um, yeah, uh, I love that I took away having a fun time with it rather than going, oh, this is going to be a depressing story about two boys who have no dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it's like actually a fun story and very heartwarming and a great tale of two brothers. So. Okay. I'm just going to, before Sel talks, I'm going to say like, I, I'm like, Sel, what do you think? And Lauren's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I okay. Want... <laughs> I just thought it was funny. But yeah. But with, uh, but Sal, I, I want to hear your thoughts as well. What were your initial thoughts on the movie? Uh, just for initial thoughts, like I know that in general, I think the enthusiasm level for this movie was a little bit lower than it has been for other movies. And a lot of that has been just on the basis that it just it, the the advertising doesn't really go any further into kind in into kind of uh, 
you know, it's fantasy creatures, but modern day. And oh my God, that their dad is only legs. It feels like, so it feels like you're, the most of what we're getting in trailers is the gimmicky side of the premise. So that I got, but at the same time, because it's Pixar and because it's, it's, they're literally one of the only companies that really tackles uh like the subject of death uh in a real way and like literally the entire concept is about bringing their dad who's dead back to life so so i had confidence that it was still going to pull off generally a heartwarming family love story and that is what we got uh so i was generally happy with it i do think it the beginning of it takes a little bit of time to kind of get going there's reasons for that part of which it's just kind of like that that's actually a pretty common thing that happens in a lot of movies is that it always takes a little bit of time for you to get past what the trailers have already spoiled for you right that's fair um but in general the i always love stories about siblings i think the brothers have a really interest have a really great interesting relationship well that's actually one of the first one of the first things it was a, initially a little bit uh work to get over because the the initial premise kind of looks like a lot of teen movies especially in this way that it's the skinny shy kid and the bombastic big kid so there's a piece there's a little bit at the beginning where it's like you almost feel more like bffs because that's the kind of relationship your two character types have in literally every other teen movie so it takes a little bit of extra effort to start to see them as brothers but like i said like after you get a little bit over that hump in the beginning you really start to feel the family resemblance the magic starts to kick in a lot more and generally everything about the movie gets better as it goes on and that ending is fantastic for a lot of reasons uh and a, and one reason is uh kp's right the writing is really tight because it's one of those movies where almost Everything they say and everything that they learn and experience comes back at the end. So it feels very satisfying and it feels like it has real good payoff. And so that just add this to another one of those fantasy series that has way better ending than Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is your last warning for spoilers. We're actually going to break down some of the plot elements and stuff. So, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it and come back. We're, this recording won't be going anywhere unless we do a do derp and delete it by accident which will so anyway um does anyone want to get into some spoiler territory stuff like did anyone have any thoughts about anything else to add do you think that would that kind of breaks down the story more often um i again i really liked how it played up the whole the hero's journey aspect mm -hmm. and how they broke it down for the modern day and saying oh but this is still like how it was in in the game and how it was according to legend because the game was based on real legend down to the detail you know about based on history the history of magic and the history of our world so i like that they did actually play it out like a real D, &D kind of uh fantasy uh adventure uh and just like the different quests the different side quests the different the manticore i i didn't know how i was gonna like the manticore character but the manticore was actually really enjoyable especially just her having the revelation of what am i doing <laughs> how have i fallen this far from grace burn everything <laughs> it was just i i i loved that whole scene just literally burning down the equivalent of a Chuck E. cheese to the ground <laughs> and it was great um but the whole journey of seeing these two brothers bond even closer and it, it not only showing them how they get closer but showing what you you know they're further accentuating what they have established in their lifetime together um that i think was like 
I think it was just so well done in a fan, even in like a fantasy aspect, because it was because you have them bond. One is so into the fantasy and the magic, and the other is just kind of dismissive about it until he realizes I'm, it's almost Elf like a chosen, <laughs> almost like a chosen one kind of thing without it beating over the head. It's a chosen one, um, but to see he's kind of like been thrust into his destiny of uh, basically born being born attuned to magic. It's also really good that uh, he's the one that's gifted while Barley is the one who knows about the magic. But a really great thing is that he's never jealous that it's his brother who, that he's the one with who's the magic buff, but he never kind of drags his brother. He never like throws a fit about the fact of why does my brother have this and I don't. It's like that would have ruined the entire movie if they had gone in that direction. It is so, and that aspect is, is and that becomes really like the, the, and you can tell, especially because of the ending, that's the point of their whole relationship is that he's incredibly nurturing. Uh, and that's a big reason why this sibling relationship is so incredibly powerful. Yeah, and I know it's like cutting straight to the end, but that ending was one of the most beautiful Pixar endings. And, and that's saying something, considering Pixar usually cuts some really fantastic endings that are like, how could they possibly top this? I can see them actually like having like multiple possible endings. Like everyone going through, like having, okay, how does everybody think this should end? And there's multiple possibilities and like, okay, which one is the most agonizing and bittersweet, but ultimately satisfying (laughs) or not even really satisfying, but just that perfect balance between sad and, and, and a little bit challenging and also. And that was the thing is like going into this movie, I got the premise you know, I got the fantasy thing, but I wasn't really sure. I knew there had to be some sort of bittersweet, satisfying ending because they're not going to let the dad live because, you know, that's a slap in the face to everyone who's ever had a death. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't like, cheat your way out of a happy with the happy ending and saying, oh, he's here forever now. Like, no, come on. It's like that would have been the most cop ending. Of well, of course endings. not. Yeah. And it's like for it to play out like real life is in terms of you can't always get what you want. But in the end, what they needed was especially for barley was closure right and i think that was something that because he had internalized that and the way he was nurturing and being more like a parent figure to to ian for so long that it was just like just seeing him get that moment with his dad and just like ian's going you know you know i've you know i've had all this time just like i i could have all you have that one moment that you can have that time to say goodbye. You can have that one moment now. Take it. I'm giving it up for you to have that moment because you've given up so much for me. So I think that was like, I think in terms of like a brother, brother and brother relationship, I think theirs is almost like, in a way it's, a, it's in a way it's like uh, Nani and Lilo, mm-hmm. where you have the older sibling looking after the younger sibling. And with the older sibling, having you know not not being that much older but trying to like find their way in in being without a parent especially without a father when you have two boys when i know it's like kind of like in in any culture a lot of them it's like you have sons that look up to the father right because they're trying to emulate their father when there's no father who's going to step up is that barley had to be the man right the horse guy duh. huh <laughs> the centaur duh <laughs> laugh was the best um but to see that relationship and to see barley grow as well and and 
to and also for him to speak up about you know what everybody perceived him as as being you know being a, you know, a slacker and not amounting to anything and it just like just for him to finally say maybe trust me this one time maybe trust me maybe i'm not that crazy maybe just listen to me this one time and i can prove to you i'm not that slacker i'm not that somebody you can doubt that i like that he has that arch it's not just about ian coming into his own and being a stronger person but it's also yeah it's they're both character developing off of each other Mm -hmm. instead of just one person benefiting from it yeah I don't know. I, I guess that's one of those aspects that I think I get what it means in terms of theme. It's one of the things that it's like, no, let's not do the logical thing. Let's do this because that's how my card game works. And the fact and but and historically accurate collectible card games, because that's a thing that exists. I it totally makes sense in terms of theme. I totally know what they're going on, but it's just this aspect of no, don't do the. Don't do the rational thing. Be Just follow your gut. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, in any other context, I can see how, you know, that is going wrong, you know, but there's also the, the, the connotation that, you know, Worley is the, the bigger, the Chris Pratt one wants to feel like he, he has meaning. And like the only way he can do that is, you know, by showing he has worth by like, proving something on this quest because there's hints about like the layout of the movie is like Ian's still in high school. Barley's just like some dude who didn't like, you know, there's a college sweatshirt where they, they talk about their dad and like um, Ian wears and they talk about the dad in college and like, they never really, they never address it directly, but you know, there's the connotation that Barley didn't go to college and just kind of living at home still. And he's trying mm-hmm. to figure himself out. And he has this like hippie car which is well they say gap year they say gap year so there's not we're not 100 percent sure if if it's that he can't go to college or if it's just that he's it's suggesting that he could he's just not right now it's it's hard to know because we don't know a whole a whole lot of details about the situation we just know that he gets he's just very into this completely totally historically accurate card game it's a more of a matter of him of him trying to prove that it matters and he's not wrong it's like the entire basis is that you know i know i know exactly what they're trying to do with that whole thing with that whole thing is that the the insinuation is that be, the war, and even what i was saying earlier that it takes a while the beginning of the movie feels like it takes a while to get going but i also feel like to a little bit that's deliberate because when you first meet the movie the world is kind of boring it's almost too normal it's just basically our world but with a couple of like there's just a couple of tolkien s architecture touches it's not really that different and and like i said it kind of feels like a normal teen movie but that's also kind of the point because it's the idea that we we've lost our roots we don't have our magic anymore because we become so adept at our modern conveniences and if we just put and his whole aspect of not you know wanting to take the express a is deliberately not to take the easy way sometimes you need to take the adventurous hard way and put in a little bit of effort to get a real adventure instead of always doing the easy thing so i so again i totally get where they were going with that and i and i appreciate that it's sometimes when you think about it in terms of like yeah no i get why you stopped being the manticore it's dangerous uh and magic is dangerous like it's not like when you peel it apart but at the same time the the theme is still relevant and and again just put in a little bit of the effort and magic can be a thing so 
Yeah, I was kind of expecting them in some ways to 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 like fix the world and have this message about like somewhere in the, in the theme of the movie, which happened. It happened, but it happened on a smaller scale where like they were just like stop being so reliant on like your modern conveniences. Everyone has magic in them inside. So I'm glad, <laughs> but that wouldn't have fit for what the story was telling. So you know, I'm glad they kind of kept it on the small scale. Manticore and centaurs going out and you know like people are somewhat aware of their potential but yeah it's not too in your face it's like just there enough because that's like a side theme to the main theme about like brothers of love and shit so i'm right. glad it wasn't like beaten down to you as far as you know stop being a lazy asshole you, you damn americans <laughs> you know <laughs> right it's 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 evident but it doesn't but it's not preachy so that's yeah. That was all like it's a very de- like I said like it's a very delicate touch of what they're doing with the uh with the script. That was one bit that I thought was uh in terms of uh the ending magic fight. Uh, I uh, I just think it's really funny. But why well, it's funny. The magic fight is amazing and exactly for that reason I think it's funny because I think about the Harry Potter movies and how for eight movies magic in the Harry Potter world is actually really boring. It's when it's not like incredibly mechanical, combat magic in the Harry Potter universe is literally just adults with sticks shooting lights at each other, and that's it. It is magic is really boring, and in and in this one movie, he learns like six or seven different spells, and in that ending fight, he uses them all in really creative ways to make a really exciting fight, and I'm like. This is a better magic fight than we got in eight movies of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, my favorite joke when the when the seventh Harry Potter movie came out is like all these wizards, no one has a fucking first aid kit, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know the healing spell, you know. So yeah, I'm like, it, yeah, that whole boss, that final boss battle scene was absolutely phenomenal, and how awesome and ridiculously funny it was. That dragon face. <laughs> That dragon face. I'm like, they're best joke out of the entire the movie. For a reason, and I thought, oh, it's like inner strength, that kind of thing. It's going and channeling that, I, you know, the 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 powerful creature you are at your core, right? But no, it's a lead up to the boss that has that dinky dragon face. I thought it was going to be something where, like, the dragon layer was underneath the school or something like that. Mm. But I was, I was wrong. This is, this is fine. This is a fine way to be wrong. <laughs> and I love that they just they go on that whole journey only to end up back at the school. And I'm, it's like, I think the it, it was so funny because you have to consider when that journey probably had to be drafted out or whatever. If it's the hero's journey, it's been around for forever. Like, yeah, everything had to build up around on that land. So it's like, yeah, you could say, oh, it's almost like they were supposed to go through the trials as if they, you know, they had to build up their relationship. It's almost yeah. like it was meant to be that or something. But I then you just think about just the, and the actual realistic aspect is just, it was, you know, uh, they literally only had to go a few feet. <laughs> so they, they could have had this whole thing solved. They just go to the manticore and they're like, oh, you got to go here. Okay, now we go back to the fountain, but it's like, no, of course, the hero's journey always has to be there. They alluded to in the beginning. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that whole boss battle scene, and especially the the mom actually being a part of that. She was actually a proactive character in this movie, and I love that they did that for her, uh, because that's uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. 
She's a Disney mom that not only doesn't die, but contributes. And I and actually heard this too that that uh, it's nice that there's a step parent that's not evil. Oh, he's funny too. I actually like him hanging around and just like the whole thing of the the visual gag of him just you know he's a centaur and just him having to try and figure out how to sit in a chair and and move through a kitchen and you just have this back and just swinging into everything and it's just like it and it's not played up like oh haha like look laugh at the centaur but it's funny because you have to think yeah they're they're not centaurs their house is not built for that but they're accommodating to him anyway because they're trying to. With a house that wasn't built for a centaur to walk through, so it's like, like the the John Mulaney joke of the horse in a hospital. <laughs> it's a centaur in in an elf's house. That must be some awkward sex that they have. <laughs> oh my god, please! <laughs> well, it's not just that. That's kind. It's kind of back what I was considering about how the world feels boring. Is that you? I remember thinking like, hey, remember Zootopia and the fact that. how interestingly designed it was because it's a city that's designed to accommodate creatures of varying types and sizes and how this is literally a world that has creatures of all varying shapes and sizes all the way down to like the pixies and how there doesn't seem to be any part of like the architecture or design that accommodates for them i mean maybe that's part of like the social thing it's like yeah you have to be this size we're not going to accommodate you because racism or whatever but it just i don't know if it's just because it, it's either something that they just didn't think about, which I find a little hard to believe, or it's just because of the philosophy that I said earlier that it just it was there to just make the world seem as normal and boring as and non-fantastical as possible. So it seems more fantastic when the magic comes later. I think maybe the reason why they kept things simple is that they did like if they separated it, they would have this this racial undertone. I think, and um, you know. The, it, the story wasn't about that. It was about the two brothers reconnecting and shit. So, you know, people would, even if people weren't, you know, that was the focus, people would think it's like, oh, why are the centaurs in this area? Why are the wizards, or why are the elves in this area? Like, do they, you know, and... I didn't expect them to do that. I just wondered if they, if at all they were going to have, like, even the fact that in the classrooms they don't have chairs of varying sizes. It's just like, I just find that weird. Yeah. They should have just thrown in some like centaur chairs or something just for the sake of it. Yeah, but um, but I do uh, I do agree with your with your point, Sal. About it, it could potentially be that yeah, again, it's a world that's so normal and so unaccommodating that it's trying to be. It's like this is for everyone. I mean, not really, but you know, it's just trying to be. And again, I don't think it's because they they were trying to do anything with that. It's literally just so it looks normal as normal as it physically can. And I get that. Just that that was just one of the things that I was thinking, hmm. (laughs) And again, it's also, I just think that connects to the fact that, you know, with every creature that's there forgetting their roots and not, and like, you know, hey, you know, at one point centaurs could run up to 70 miles an hour. Like the fact that they're all forgetting who they are. The fairies forgot, the, the pixies forgot that they could fly. They have wings and they forgot they could fly. So I think actually that does all, all play into, yeah, the world being so normal. That, yeah, people forget their core, where they came from. They forget who they are because they're just all in this world that they don't, they're with all of these commodities and stuff that, that that takes away almost just that aspect of themselves that makes them all unique. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, they had, they had a, um, they had to kind of balance it and had to make it about the brothers and not repeat things like, you know, don't get, like, too fed up in modern conveniences. Wally. 
you know, the Zootopia racism stuff. So, mm-hmm. it, like, they had, they kind of hidden themselves in this corner where they had to make the focus about the relationship with the brothers or else, you know, they, you know, maybe that was, a, that was something they, they kept in mind for development. No, yeah, no, they, they, like I said, they, it's kind of, there's a phrase on just, the, you knowing where your story's emphasis is and that's what they were focusing on. I actually kind of felt that way about the dad too, uh, is that the fact that the dad is there and, He's, I mean, he's technically there and they do, and there's like the moment where he appears and they still try to have like a, a, a real connection with what is a pair of legs and how effective they're, they're able to do that because Pixar is Pixar and they're really good at that kind of subtle character animation that that's really impactful. But then for like the rest of the movie, you'd think that they'd like try a little harder to find ways to communicate with the with the dad that they have on the way there and they have little bits of that like they have the dancing scene but they don't focus on the dad that much because it is about the brothers and that was one of the things that i was wondering in the middle the first time i saw it and and but then we got to the end it's like ah i see what you were doing i see i see what you were doing but it's still really impressive the way that the dad is literally just a pair of legs and how much personality they were still able to put into his character when he's just when just literally half of him is there and i also thought like gee it sure is lucky that like the two memories that people have of him involve the area around his feet boy that worked out i did i did love the whole just again with the subtleties in the animation uh of the dad's legs i it you could totally read with what the emotions were running through the legs <laughs> without having to have a face there. And I think that's what makes exceptionally powerful uh, character animation, character performance. Uh, the whole thing with the, the drumming on the foot and him recognizing, yeah, that's that's Barley. And the moment he's immediately stepping over, you see him, he's like, wait, that means Ian's here, Ian's here. Like you can see him. And you can tell that that's what's going through his mind too. That's why it's so great. Mm-hmm. The yeah. dancing and his dancing was great. I love they're like, wow, that's, terrible wow he's just bad but then they're having fun with it anyway just showing that you know he's just like he's very dad you can tell how much of a dad he is (laughs) (laughs) um and if you think about it this way um you know like when when the dad was alive barley was like a little child you know so the feet thing probably worked better in that sense because he was he was you know he probably that's how we could reach him you know he wasn't as big as he was in the movie obviously Mm -hmm. because he wasn't as old. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'd be like a kid playing with your feet. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's literally they could sit on the ground, they play with whatever, right? And it's like, yeah, it seemed like a very believable thing uh to play into. Cause yeah, when they keep establishing through the photos and seeing how young, you know, how you know, how young Barley was, uh just you know, when the dad passed away and uh and then you see Ian's there, right? So it's just like, yeah, establish how little he actually was. Mm-hmm. And so he would very much be doing that and so i like that they kept that grounded in the connection of being like this is what i remember of you i was little but this is what i remember and then the dad just cementing that with i remember too i'll say one thing before we jump back but yeah i liked how they emphasized that in the conversation between ian and the mother character what's her name okay whatever um the ian and and in the mother character that they have a conversation about like your dad really wanted to meet you and he fought so hard but it still it still didn't happen as in like i was waiting for it to be like oh it's you know dad didn't love me enough that's why i ne- like you didn't fight you know or whatever the hell 
But I'm really glad they addressed that in a healthy way, just saying, you know, he's still... What, what kind of child would think dad didn't love me enough to not die? Right, I don't know. Why would he think that? That's literally, like, what What was it? Oh my god, that was literally the thing. <laughs> I, oh, I'm remembering now that that was the ending of the Little Princess movie that I did the riff review of. Was that the ending of it was like, was like, he was literally dying and then the very last scene he's fine and he's like, oh yeah, I'm fine because now I have something to live for. And it's like, hear that? Hear that, kids? You're, if, if you're, if your mother, parents still die, despite the fact that they say, still die, it means they didn't love you enough to keep themselves alive. Yeah, so there was, I was just afraid that. Not that they would do a bad job with it, but the interpretation would, wouldn't be clear, where it was just like, oh, he, he just didn't love you enough to survive. It was just, you know, that's just like, I'm glad they, I'm glad they, they addressed that pretty early on in the movie, so we had that clear, so. And I like that even um, when they're trying to figure out the magic and that they're trying to, like, Barley's trying to figure out the staff and stuff, and just the mom going, you know, the fact that your father even thought of this and was fighting so hard to want and you know to want to live to meet Ian and to see both of you grow up the fact that he did even this shows you how much he cared and how much he loved you and so I think that's I think what was nice is that they even tried to do that and as much as Ian was still sad about it it was just more like yeah he had to like think like yeah, at least he did think of it so bonus the mom wasn't selfish at all and she was just like let them have their moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, her husband too, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, but also because it's, it's, it's easy to tell that from, be, because it is a family movie and it is about the son's relationship with their father that they would mostly focus on that uh, viewpoint. I, I, I do, that is something that I kind of wish that more, that more movies did was that they emphasize, like, it's not just about the kids' relationship to the parents is the parents' relationship to each other. That only tends to get brought up if they're divorced. But at the same time, the mom also had her own thing going on. Mom had the road trip with the manticore, which was awesome. They had a really a lot of fun together on that road. The pawn shop scene was fun. Like I like how this we I, I made a joke to Lauren about like how like Onward Two is going to be like them facing the the police files against them between everything. <laughs> you know, like like running against all the police officers and looting and like all the spells for the lying and then the, the manicore stings the pawn shop owner and like it's just a <laughs> bunch of like shit that happens that you know is not probably legal but it doesn't matter they're helping see their dad for the last time i guess so but it's it's fine Given, given what they experience at the end of the day with the dragon coming forth from the curse and everything. Property like, I, damage, what is that? It's fine. <laughs> I think it's like, though, I think they figure at that point, you know, I, I, we've seen enough weird shit. I, I don't know how to process this. We'll work this out later. <laughs> well, like, how are you even going to explain that, especially when you're in a hurry? So I totally get that. What else, Tiffany's? Oh, I remember the imagery when he sacrifices his van. It's like the music that plays and the fact that the parking tickets are flying out of the windows to make wings. And the car and the spare tire bus and it sounds like hooves. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) It was, I'm like, it was a bittersweet send off to Guinevere. It, It was just like, I'm like, if there's any one way for that van to go out, just 
do it like that. To go out like the freaking magnificent flying steed she is. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing is every time they zoomed in on the van, they had a horse sound effect. They had a neigh sound effect. They were just like, Geez. Way to go, Guinevere. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved it. That the van itself had a personality. So... Uh, any other scenes or points you guys want to highlight before you wrap? Um, trying to think. We covered a lot of the major ones. Um, were there? Uh, oh, we can talk about the, the the big gay controversial character that wasn't yeah, really the a big all, deal. Yeah, the point five seconds that the line was said, and then that banned the movie. Not not it didn't just censor it. Got the movie banned in a few countries uh, for a one line. That's a throwaway line. Yeah, and it's 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 not a big deal. I don't get it. It's just literally my girlfriend says this all the time. I'm like, that's the one line. That's it, guys. That's how far behind a lot of those other countries are. And it's one of those I'd have to take a look at the countries and I wonder like how much does it. That's always the thing that I wonder, like, how much Disney is calculating. It's like, I know that Disney probably knows for mainstream films that even just that one line would have given them, like, some sort of impact. I mean, from what we, from what I hear, I don't, I don't know specifically what happened with the Star Wars scene. I mean, I know that they did the, the lesbian kiss at the very end, but it, they compacted it to just that moment. So it was easily cut out for international distribution. Yeah, that's what, that, that is what they did. Uh, but I don't, but I don't think... I don't know if it was banned because of that, as opposed to this, because it was a line of dialogue, even though it theoretically could have been changed, that there were some countries that still chose to ban it. And at least, and... Um, I was just going to say, it was a little bit of a mix. Um, some people, some countries were, re it, the line was redubbed, and then other countries, the movie was outright banned for onward. So like Saudi Arabia, a lot of the Middle Eastern countries were, were banned. Mm-hmm. So they changed the line from girlfriend to partner in um uh, in the countries that were like somewhat more receptive to the censoring the censored version I guess. So we'll get there eventually. We're just wait like the song says we're just waiting on the world to well, change. We yeah. can't control what other countries do. That's yeah. part of the entire thing. What what kind of people have been wanting is for Disney to take a stand on some level and even this which is it which is like literally the minimal they could have done is still technically more than what they've done before i mean we remember when lefou came out and how they technically advertised him like he was gay but he really wasn't um or it was so thin uh and the fact that this time you know at least this time it's undeniable which is at least which is at least something, and again, it's and again, it's incredibly minimal. Uh, there's some amount that I know that Disney's calculating in terms of like what it stands uh, to lose or gain by whatever, and at least in this case, it's there. But at the same time, it's all people are also worried that you know how much Disney because Disney. I again, I'd have to look at how much Disney itself is pushing it. Uh, to make it seem like Disney really wants that LGBT cred while doing as little work for it as possible. But the ban does show that there were consequences for that decision. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, we gotta sell the, the rainbow Mickey hats, right? We do, yeah. Um, but at least now there's... And I know that they've done little bits before, like they do have Andy Mac, but I, which I think is the only like official thing that Disney as a brand has ever done before that isn't 
that isn't technical. There's always like those, again, between LeFou and the fact that those two roommates in Zootopia technically have the same last name. So that's, that's there. And the fact that Elsa has all of this coding around her, but that, which is all very, you know, subtext interpretive, but is, uh, that are just in this point where they're still deciding whether or not to make that official. But this is, this is, Something that is out there, it's incredibly small, and it's definitely some something that's not, just in terms of what other uh, shows have been able to do, is, def is something that doesn't really give them, like, points. We're at a point where it doesn't need to necessarily be made a big deal out of, but at the same time, because it's Disney and they are so big, the fact that it's the first time they're that open is something. It's not a lot, but it's something. It's it steps it steps forward. So I mean, it's even if it's a baby step, it's a step forward. So it's right. And and, and I, it's kind of funny though. It was I think it was I, I read it. I want to make sure I verify it <laughs> before I go saying it's official. Uh, apparently Disney Plus was slated to have a six part, like a six episode musical ser mini series centered uh, uh, basically a spinoff centered around uh Gaston and LeFou yeah. before the events of that's, Beauty and the Beast. That's correct. And it, for it to have uh, Luke Evans and Josh Gad, so they're reprising their roles from the live action Beauty and the Beast. Because that's the content we wanted on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I mean and everyone's like, who even asked for this? But uh <laughs> but you know what? I'm like, it's Disney Plus. They're gonna try a whole bunch of different shows on there uh a whole bunch of different content it's the platform for them to try it, it without having it be sent to theaters and risk you know what just happened <laughs> with onward so i guess it's like i guess it's more or less that it's a softer so soft softer. opening yeah that's kind of what it is is testing the waters so we'll get there eventually right and then there's the whole thing about uh love simon being originally for disney plus and it's not anymore now it's for hulu and the the natural response that came to that i mean they're already starting to censor a little bit disney plus a little bit of disney plus stuff because and i guess i get it because you know as much as disney, disney doesn't want to isolate anyone and mm. you know people aren't as open-minded as they as other people would like them to be so even if it's like legal in all 50 states and all that good stuff for an initial for an international market, it's just harder to um, please everyone. But I'm glad, you know, we're getting somewhere and for better than nothing. Yes, because Disney absolutely needed to buy all of those other all of those other companies. So now in order to to make enough money for it to be able to keep standing, it now needs money from absolutely everybody. <laughs> Because they really needed to buy Fox. I don't know what they were thinking, but... Well, let's talk about that. Did you guys like the fact that there was a Simpsons, original Simpsons short in the beginning of this versus, like, something totally original? I was surprised that they did that. Um, I think it was... I, I personally thought it was better than most of, the, most of the, the episodes that come out nowadays. And I think it was because they wanted to try a a simpler story again, one that could be really condensed into a short film. Like they could, like Maggie. This isn't the first time they've used Maggie in a short film either, but it is the first time they've done it before a Disney movie. Um, it was an interesting direction to take, 
but I still enjoyed it. And I still, and actually what I liked is that it felt more like a classic Simpsons style episode in the way they, in the way they wrote and the gags and they didn't have to depend on any, uh, but I like what they, with Maggie, you don't have to depend on dialogue. Right, right. I mean, the episode itself didn't have any dialogue, I don't remember, but I, it also did feel like the, like, well, we own The Simpsons now, like, you know, bragging kind of vibe to it, too, a little bit at the, in the beginning. So, I I don't know what they want to do with The Simpsons going further, because it's kind of, you know, it's, I think it's kind of run run into the ground, you you know, I'm hoping that Disney tries I'm to hoping that they'll finally end it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the only reason... I mean, those the, the adult cartoons on Fox are technically still getting decent ratings, which is the reason why it's still gone. Um, and I know that it's not culturally relevant anymore, but if it's if everyone who's working on it is still technically getting paid enough, they don't see a reason to end it. And it feels like at this point, if they will end it, it needs to be big enough. Um, I hope they just finally pull the plug just for the sake of it ending. Um, I think that the Maggie short existed. It was a good short, but it was, I would take a regular Pixar short, but that existed. I think at least in terms of now that this is a reality of, of a Simpsons short preceding a Pixar movie, um, in terms of what in terms of what we got Welcome though, to the future. I know, in terms of what we got though, I feel like I look at it as the way I look at like, how they've handled, which is funny enough that Disney owns them now too, is the uh, Ice Age movies. How I would have loved for them to carry forward is that we didn't need a million sequels for Ice Age. Like there are some, like a few good aspects to them, but uh, overall they're not necessary. And so I just didn't even bother after the first one. (laughs) But with the short films, which they use with Scrap to basically segue into promoting an upcoming movie. Anytime a Scrat short came out, it was to promote, it was to basically promote slash hint at the, the, the following movie to come. Right. So, but what I, I, I like them on their own because Scrat's very comical, you know, yeah, Looney very, Tunes style very visual gags. film kind of. Yeah. Like it's just manic Looney Tunes style. But, yeah. Crazy physical comedy. And I feel like there were a couple, there were a couple of scratch shorts that were on oh, their own. And yeah, right. They were fine. They were, give us they a were, second sell, they're original Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. Pardon us for a second. Uh, the lights went off in our room here <laughs> and she just knocked into her mic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hold on a sec here. Um, so I guess from this point onward, this is, ha ha ha, segue into the name. Did we get some light? Got one light. One light. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I guess. I think someone complained that we were in the community center this late, and it's like, turn the fucking lights off. But it's not even, it's not even midnight. Yeah, it's It's Saturday night. Yeah, it's it's open till midnight, so fuck you. Okay, um. (laughs) Give me another second. Sorry about yeah, this. These, these lights don't aren't. No, don't worry about it. You worry about your thing. No, they they, they won't come up. That's the Okay, so if we have to, we may just carry on with uh from this point on where we may just have uh we may just have uh, It's fine, it's it's outside our control. control. You know. <laughs> it's fine, everything's fine, it's all fine. Uh <laughs> um, This is like we'll 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 do the we'll do the camera stuff and just like 
freaking night vision now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, sorry to go back to you, uh, Sp- uh, Sal. We want to hear uh, what you just said. So if you could repeat, repeat that. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what I was saying. What were we talking about? I don't know. We were talking about Simpsons. Um, they exist. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. In terms of like the, uh, like when you look at like the Ice Age scratch shorts, like they. They existed only to really segue into sequels. With the Maggie shorts, I feel like it's, yeah, sure, they're promoting the show right now. But as I see it, I would love to have just shorts of The Simpsons like that. Like, really just do it like they do with the Maggie shorts and just keep it at that. Because then. Kill it and then just do Maggie. Because I think from the shorts, um, it's just weird because I'm looking at the black screen, but. I think what they're trying to, with the Maggie shirts, what they were trying to do is rebrand Simpsons back to its glory. It, you know, trying to do a rebrand real quick. And if that doesn't work, it'll end the show. But we'll see. I think it's too late, personally. But, you know, I've been surprised before. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I'm, I feel like just for the sake of not having everything being thrown into chaos, that they're still keeping the original people who were working on it are probably still working on it. It's more just to, it was more just there to remind people that, hey, it's ours now. In case you didn't know, here it is in front of a Disney film. I thought it was funny how they did the, um, or it very much looked like the, the uh, opening to a Mickey Mouse cartoon. And then it just, it remo- they uh, light up the silhouette and it's Homer with two donuts. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? Okay, I, I can't help but laugh at that. Yeah, that's why I said what, like, I feel like in some ways it was kind of a bragging kind of like, look at look at us. It's ours now. Really, like, we're going to put it in front of a Pixar movie so people will see it. Really, so. I don't know. There was some of that. Either way, like, it was nice because it was silent. It meant they actually had to focus on animation instead of all of their not terribly great dialogue. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because I feel like for, especially when you look back at classic Simpsons, the writing for me is what really sold the show. Right. And that's why I'm like, I personally think think seasons one through seven had, like, the best writing because there was always something new to talk about. They hadn't retread over old ground yet. Yeah. So it was like they were had fresh stuff to talk about and, uh, you know, different scenarios that they could have the characters go through. And now it feels like they I there were episodes where they literally said, haven't we done this already? And I'm like, I at this point, it's almost like, you know. Yeah, if you're going to tread over old ground, at least do something different with it what? instead of recycling a story. When do you think SpongeBob will reach that point? <laughs> he hasn't already. Um, SpongeBob has already, like, reached and catapulted off of that point. I honestly haven't watched SpongeBob in a while, so I can't I can't say that for sure. But I, just, I remember seeing a couple of scenarios, and it's like, that looks kind of familiar. Just now it's way more extreme and gross. You're breaking up badly, so we're going to just pretend we, we heard what you said. Yeah, so that's a good point. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah you're you're breaking up a little bit, too. So. Okay, I might try to recall you. Um, but I was just going to say, Lauren, you're excited about the new SpongeBob movie, right? Yeah, well, that and Scoob. So, I mean, it's like, and they're both coming out uh, in May, So, which is my birth month. So, it, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> consume all the animation yep so it's I, my it's mine too so woo! so that'll be fun so <laughs> yeah she's you're like a month older than i am so but anyway yeah i guess as far as you know just 
that kind of stuff we'll just see how it goes and scoop goes and killing spongebob harder and you know but any any we're getting a little bit off track so any final thoughts on oddboard ladies um that we haven't said does anyone want to go first and just repeat shit <laughs> it's good it is it's kind of as i expected it's kind of middle pixar um but that's still really good especially when you compare it to everybody else i think for what it was it was as good as it could be like the concept and just the general like story about two brothers going on an adventure too and finding themselves within it you know that kind of stuff yeah for yep. me i think it was above middle pixar for me i think it was partially because it, just the way it was written and the way they handled that kind of a, a heavy story of you know two brother two brothers who want to see their father again mm -hmm. and well one having never seen his father and then only listening to his voice on an old cassette tape and seeing pictures that's of him. that real. scene that's, broke me a little that's bit a there. great scene mm -hmm. that's a great scene see that's the kind of stuff that only pixar would do mm -hmm. and it's him having the the, the the fake conversation with his father through the cassette tape that just like i was sitting there just going oh oh and no. that's so real too because mm -hmm. i know a lot of people who lost people that like will will say the most random shit because that was the last thing that they said or that's the last thing they have, you mm -hmm. know? Like voicemails. Yeah, voicemails. Like, I think there was, like, a story of an old... Was, was it, like, a an old man who missed his wife's voice? And oh, he the kept Google on, ad for the Super Bowl. Well, no, it was... No, I'm talking about, like, an actual story of... Oh, there was okay. an old man who... He, he saved, like, all these voicemails from his wife, and he... It was actually... No, he kept his her phone running. So that he could call the number and every time it would go to voicemail and he would be a chance to hear her voice again. Oh, that's fucking sad. No, I'm yeah. sad. Yeah. <laughs> We're not trying to end this on a sad note, I swear to God. Um, it's a good but, heartwarming Well, it movie. should because it's a sad movie. Yeah. If, you, uh, if you've had a, a, a loss of a loved one, especially in the last probably five years, this movie will probably hit you a little hard. So Yeah. And and it doesn't I even bet. have to be death. It could be, it, it could be in any form, just loss of, of any form. Yeah. And then so... Um, but yeah, it. I thought it was certainly above middle Pixar, mm -hmm. and maybe that's just yeah, maybe that's just me. Uh, but the writing for that and the way they handled it, I think that it was certainly like in terms of ranking all of these Pixar movies, like Ratatouille is is at my number one. So really, yeah, Ratatouille. Well, I mean, it's because I think especially as a creative, it just. It's okay, just, so that's a that's more of a right. part of a personal preference. Yeah, and so because uh, I and also right. Brad Bird, anytime he has the reins on a Pixar movie, to me, I know. It's, yeah, it's like having the Incredibles, you know, it's, the Incredibles. It's really too. great. When when me, Cell and I are working on the Pixar script, or we're, we're done with it at this point, or for the most part, it's in post, and like. Um, Ratatouille was actually higher, and I had to tell her to move it down a little bit because I, I didn't, I thought the third act was kind of like weak compared to it. Like I like the message, and I like Ratatouille as a whole, but compared to, I don't think it was like number one. So, you know, but that's just me being grumpy. So also having personal, it was not at number one, by the way. It was probably like four. Yeah, it was. Um. It was still high. And I was like, it was like right under Incredibles. So yeah, yeah. it's a personal um, thing for me. Again, personal preference that Ratatouille is my number one, and I guess it's just because I've always associated it with like the struggle of being a creative yeah. person. And, and I think um, that it's a good movie with that and like how it's so much harder to put yourself out there compared to someone who are some people who aren't like like everyone in the comment section of YouTube essentially. 
<laughs> yeah, and then it's just yeah, in the way that was written. But yeah, for for onward, it's it's ranking it it's definitely above middle Pixar for me. And um, I think over time it'll even climb even higher because I could see this and as something I could continue to rewatch mm-hmm. with like Good Dinosaur. I saw it once and that was enough for me. I didn't yeah. need to revisit it. I thought the only funny thing out of that movie was the T Rex cowboys and Sam Elliott being you know unintelligible and then just playing off of that like that was about it that saved the movie like that well didn't even save the movie but that was the one part that was decent to me Mm -hmm. um and and with with like brave the first 20 minutes i was hooked and then it lost me for the rest of the movie stealing from brother bear so i mean (laughs) so it's pretty much and, and again, I say middle, that's not at all a bad thing, just because Pixar literally has done so much amazing things. That's not a slight. It's just though it's just how it is. And I and and maybe because I'm a little bit older, I've seen some of those things done before. And that's that's always kind of a thing. And I I actually hate always feeling like I have to say that. It's just that it's it's true. <laughs> It's like, I've seen this, and I've seen it done better. Sorry, but it's true. Uh, but no, I think what what it did really well, what it was trying to do. It is a good movie. I feel like because of the low enthusiasm with, with, with the trailers, it may not make as much money as they want it to. And I really want people to go see this and give it money, or else we're going to get more sequels. <laughs> well, we got Soul coming out too, which is not a sequel. We do have Soul, and I'm I'm really looking forward to Soul. I have a lot of higher hopes for for Soul, despite still not really knowing what it's gonna be. Uh, I really hope that 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 delivers, and I'm sh- and I'm I'm fairly confident it will. Uh, just in terms of I I guess in terms there's still a lot of movies coming out this year that we d- we don't have trailers for yet, and I feel like like onwards in a top movies that will get nominated for various things onward will definitely get nominated for something along with soul. And I have no idea what's going to go on with Raya. I have no idea. I don't, I don't really see a whole lot of things being made by other companies. That's really aiming for like something higher or significant. Maybe I'm just not remembering something right now. I mean, the other, other thing coming out, we have trolls and we have SpongeBob and we have Scooby and that's, and we have connected and that's kind of it. Yeah, I connected the trailer drop for that uh, within the past week, and uh, dang, that, I, I almost forgot that it was something we could talk about. It just happened so quickly. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's probably we could probably discuss that in the next one. I yeah, know. yeah, we we'll just leave it at connected. Looks pretty good right now. Yeah, <laughs> we'll like, discuss that later. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, to finish off, I do like uh, how Pixar uh, with their trailers they try to keep it as hidden as possible. Yep. I always appreciate that. I I already feel like I've seen half of Connected. Yeah, but then you have something like Soul, and you still don't know entirely what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Like they keep it pretty cryptic with the without it being like, you know, you're going, oh, is he dead? Is he is his soul like what's what's happening there? There's hints of something going on. Where is he in the hospital? And he's just in a coma or whatever. So it's like so there's all of this speculation, and I like that they play they every trailer they've ever done it does that they always want to have people asking for more rather than handing them everything right and like what i was just gonna say is like and even then it feels like onward onward gave us a lot but it still kept it still kept a lot of its stuff in the dark it but also pixar knows pixar's reputation sells pixar to a point obviously not for good dinosaur or cars 3 but 
Uh, but they know that their their own brand can sell themselves. And right now, Sony Sony's really happy that it can go from the studio that brought you Spider-Verse. <laughs> They're really happy that they can do that, but that's still not enough to really sell people. So they, they still need trailers that can really hook people. And, well, I will say that Connected looks nice. I don't know how well it's going to go. I feel like it's going to be funny because it's got a lot... It's got Lord and Miller. It's got the Spider-Verse producers on it, so... Sorry, I won't use that as you're going to talk about that later, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just leave it at, like, it's like making good movies actually makes money or something like that. Imagine yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. If you let funny people be funny, they'll make more stuff. Yeah. So. I want my phone high, damn it. What? <laughs> All right, I think we can wrap. So um, thank you, Sel, for joining us yes, in this chaos, you. this organized chaos. We started a little late because... Um, the, Mike's, we had some technical issues, but not as many as I thought there would be. Um, and if you guys like, oh, I guess we can talk, we can plug the Pixar collab real quick. So me and Cell are doing like a huge Pixar collab, including Onward, that is almost done being edited of that, of this recording that you guys should watch and go subscribe to both of us because we both work really hard over it. Like how, like, I think the script's like nine or ten pages or something like Ooh. that. That's heavy. It was, mm-hmm. oh, and even the, that's not even a lot because we only had like a paragraph or two for each movie. Mm. So it felt like a lot, even though it, we went through them pretty Because it's, tw- what is it, 20? It's 20. It's over 20 movies. So it's a lot. So, um, but I'm really happy about how that's turning out. And I'm uh, glad that Cell wanted to do it with me because I think she's a good, she's a good person to bounce shit off of as far as you know like what's working in the industry and stuff like that she's she's a good bean so yay um (laughs) go see us at phoenix i guess if it's not canceled by the coronavirus yeah (laughs) yep hopefully hopefully not i mean Uh, i guess we'll find out yeah i think it's i'm thinking it's far enough in advance that we should be fine knocking on wood but you know i feel like they just have too much going on that they they won't cancel um you know they just like 100k people is just like that's not a baby pod no so not by any means <sighs> any all right um mm-hmm. any any last words lauren like um go see onward please like go support it it's actually a genuinely great movie it's a lot of fun please go see it go support it don't have it don't make it have a horrible opening weekend domestically <laughs> now that i i don't know i mean i just think when i was I was going looking at my theaters. I didn't necessarily see a lot of theaters near me being sold out or anything. So I'm just I'm hoping that it was everywhere else. So it wasn't too bad where we went, but we're we're in the the animation capital of the world. So we're I don't really we don't have a biased. No. We have kind of a biased uh, count as far as that. But anyway, um, yeah. In, in case you're new or whatever, uh, we do this podcast every week, ideally. Um, Every Wednesday, you get 6 a.m. Eastern, you get the SoundCloud version, the Spotify version, and then the YouTube version with extra stuff is uploaded at 4. So we attempted to do this with a camera because Lauren and I are physically in the same place, but then the power went out. So uh, it might just be audio. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, at least it'll Not be mostly power, video. Not the power, but the lights. The lights went out. Yeah, mostly video until mm-hmm. a certain point where the lights go out. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, well, thanks again, Cell, for staying up late to join us. Um, yes, it is much later here than it is where you are. <laughs> Saturday night has been lit. We we had <laughs> we, we partied hard tonight, right? 
Air horn, air horn. Okay, I think we should end. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Animation Communication. We hope you see you next time, or you hear us next time, or whatever your senses are telling you. Okay, bye. Bye again. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.